What does social justice truly mean in the context of 21st century life? And what can nurses do to advance the cause? Let's talk all about it with three powerful members of Nurse Champions for Justice, right here in episode 349 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always about you, your personal professional development, your career, and the healthcare system and the nursing profession writ large. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare and nursing and entrepreneurship and technology and medicine and so many things. I love having you along for this ride and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And if you appreciate the show and find value in it, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com. It really helps me support, well, it actually helps me run the show and produce the show because 349 episodes plus my bonus episodes incurs a lot of costs over the years. So I'm asking 100 regular listeners to pledge $2 a month for a year. So give it some thought just like Edward from the Bay Area, Marie from Tennessee, and Jocelyn from New York, who all signed up to support the show. Go to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. You can pledge $2, $5 or more and receive all sorts of prizes and premiums in return if you go for those higher levels of support. So I appreciate you giving that even a moment's thought. And remember, Nurse Keith Coaching is your destination for all things related to your career. I offer expert holistic career coaching for nurses and healthcare professionals. I've done over 2,000 coaching sessions. I think I know what I'm doing by this point. I've read the owner's manual. Email me at keith at nursekeith.com. If you mention Nurse Champions for Justice, you can get 15% off your first coaching package. The show notes for this episode, where you can learn all about my inimitable guests, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 349. And we are joined today by Nikki Akpaurera, Jackie Levin, and Jane Peterson, all nurses who belong to Nurses Champ Nurse Champions for Justice. And Nikki, I'm going to start with you and want to just welcome you all. And what brought you all into this work together? And how did you all come to meet and start working together on issues around justice? Yes. So Keith, thank you so much for having us on the show. Um, And I have fond memories. I think we've done a podcast together many years ago. So that was wonderful. Um, And just excited that we have nurses out here that really want to support social justice. So again, a a big thank you. Um, So Jackie and Jane and I, we met individually, but it felt so collective to me. Like I think with Jackie, I met her over, it was a Facebook message. It was something that was going on on Facebook and she reached out to me and then we just started this really organic, you know, conversation. And then Jane, sort of similar, I was doing something. I had an event, a webinar and she attended and we just started this really great dynamic uh, relationship. And I think the, the crux of this relationship has really been the heart that we've all put into it. We've all really brought our authentic selves to it. We've all really been mindful of the work around not only social justice, but racial justice, which is the domain that we operate in. And we try to help folks understand that it is so critically important as nurses 
to be mindful of racial justice and the role that we have to play. So that's how we met. And we've been working together over the years off and on. Uh, we came together to do some work a few years ago around uh, facilitated dialogue sessions. And I did one of those in Baltimore, Maryland, where I live currently, and then went back home to Washington State and did the other one with Jackie and Jane. And it's just been a wonderful relationship uh, so far. So I'm really grateful for both of them. And I'm so glad that we're all in That's this wonderful. space together. And Jackie, for you, what does it mean to be a nurse and to be involved in work like this? What, where, Where in your heart does that land for you? Yeah, thanks. I um, started out my nursing career as a holistic nurse. And I think that that led to looking at systems and where systems work and where systems fail. And where I'm at now is this awareness of really um, how healthcare operates under the white supremacy culture platform. That's what it uses. It's uses patriarchy, it uses capitalism, it uses all the things, the tools of, of white supremacy culture. And in my small organization, I'm, I'm working with a team to begin to dismantle that. And it's, it's uh, the being with Nikki and Jane and our Mighty Networks uh, group uh, has been instrumental in helping me navigate that because I can bring anything to that group, be completely vulnerable and get support. And it, it, it just helps helps me rise every day and, and take a look with fresh eyes at what's happening and see what I can do about it. Wow. Yeah. And, and Jane, uh, how about you? Where does it land for you in terms of doing this kind of work around social justice and, you know, um, systemic racism, et cetera. Yeah, for me, it really lands um, in, on a very personal level, on a very uh, uh, a deep, reflective journey in my own kind of white-bodied journey into understanding um, levels of racism and justice and marginalization. Um, I thought myself, you know, a pretty progressive, liberal, not racist um, person in the world. And I was surprised about three years ago when I just uh, noticed in my body, you know, a strong contraction and defensiveness, listening to a colleague's um, stories of racism. And prior to that moment, I could have gotten a little defensive or, you know, gone into my own personal story of some sort of woundedness. But I just all of a sudden got curious and I was like, whoa, what, 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 why are you bracing? Why are you contracting? Um, and I think about my whole journey in nursing. I've been a nurse almost 40 years now and how there's just things that just stun me that I was never taught. And I, I can't believe I don't know that. Like I see myself as, um, you know, a practice comp competent uh, nurse working in the world. And, and I'm just kind of honestly and vulnerably dumbfounded at what I don't know. Yeah, what dumbfounded what we don't know. And I think a lot of us have faced that yeah. these last years, especially. And yeah. And 
Jane, you're a board certified nurse coach like me. You actually have the same credentials as me, BSN, RN, NCBC. So we have exactly the same credentials. And I know that you do work around unconscious bias, white privilege, systemic racism. And do you still work in the clinical space? Are you out there in the world as a, like, as a nurse nurse? I am out there in the clinical world as a nurse nurse. I work in a primary care office okay. and 75% of my work is working with people with diabetes. Wow. Okay. And coming into this group with Nikki and with Jackie and all the others who you interface with, what's helped you bring trust and build trust in doing this kind of work? Because like you said, this can bring up all sorts of stuff, right? Defensiveness, bracing, et cetera. So how do you, how do you navigate that and how is trust built? Trust is built in that we very clear from the onset, um, you know, hold a space of no judgment, no shame, everything's okay. And I think underpinning in that with the, with all of us come from our perspective of coaching as well, that, you know, there's that nuanced piece of learning to walk with a person completely absent any agenda of your own, you know, that you're, you're there with curiosity and mindfulness and bringing that into the nurse champions space, you know, really there is this deep health value that, you know, nobody is shamed or judged here. We want to show up a hundred percent and walk with each other. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. And, and Jackie, you're a board certified holistic nurse and you have a master's in nursing and are you still in the clinical space or, or some nurse centric space yourself? Yeah, I work uh, part-time at our local hospital as a patient advocate as a nurse patient advocate. And I also do uh, healing circles for people. I do coaching there. I do mindfulness also for staff stress reduction. Right. And I, and I read that you also do nature-based retreats, right? Yes. I like to bring health professionals into nature to discover, you know, to discover their own, reconnect to their own passions. Right. And some right. are, some are, Going, okay, I'm going to leave healthcare now because that's what they discovered on their nature-based walk and others are recommitting to to staying. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, takes all kinds, right? Some people need Mm -hmm. to leave and that's okay, right? Everybody needs to find their way. And um, has the trust building been the same for you? Has it been similar as Jane's process? Yeah, I think um, we we do this monthly um, practice called uh, healing space dialogue. And we come mm-hmm. together for 90 minutes. We take a few minutes to center ourselves, to breathe, sometimes do a self-care practice. And then one of us is leading it that that month and, and brings a reading or a prompt, a question. And we spend about 10 minutes doing this reading that's uh, uh, anti-racism or a, a person's experience with racism and then we we write for 10 minutes and then we read what we wrote and then we share and i think that process is a very kind 
and very revealing and generous process. And we, we listen with this quality of attention that, that allows us to discover more about ourselves, first of all, a lot like what Jane had spoken about, um, and then each other. And I think that's really helped build trust because we're revealing ex- experiences that some of us may, I think at any one time we didn't know we even had ideas that we didn't know that we had and there they are they come out we share them and a lot of times tears are shed right right exactly yeah Yeah. so nikki for you how is it for you as a black woman and nurse and coach coaching nurse leaders and you focus on strategies for inclusive leadership and you've written a workbook, The Clinician's Guide to Microaggressions and Unconscious Bias. It's a pocket guide for healthcare providers. Um, and there aren't that many nurse experts offering online accredited courses focusing on social justice, diversity, and inclusive leadership. You're one of the few. Right. So for you to be involved in this group, um, where does the trust come for you? And... Um, how how has this all been for you, this process of creating this, do we call it an organization? We call it a, I think of it as a community. Um, community. We, we, I think okay. we, and we're, and I think, thanks, you know, Keith, and I think that's important for us too, is being really intentional about our language and intentional about how we have really um, wanted to shape this work. We took our time, I would say, in putting this together, we move through this in a very intentional and mindful way, which I think helps to build trust too. So uh, Jackie highlighted earlier uh, white supremacy culture, right? And I was just talking about this uh, earlier with someone today. Well, one of the fundamental aspects of white supremacy uh, culture is a sense of urgency and perfectionism and defensiveness, right? And so in the work in the, even in the way we're doing the work, we are undoing Mm -hmm. some of those colonizing ways. And that's the way to do it. You know, that's the way forward with trust is to stand together and to say, we come from different places. We have different experiences, but here we are operating from a place of humility and wanting to understand and wanting to connect. And I take that just as seriously as a, a black woman, a woman of color. See, because this culture has informed all of us. It has shaped all of us into this, this way. And so we all have work that we need to do. The work may be different. The work may be at different levels. There may be more internalized things with, you know, in, in some ways, but that's still important that this is our collective work to do together. And so for us, those are some of the most important ways to build trust. And then when we're there for each other and we are literally, you know, there for each other. This platform, the Nurse Champions for Justice, is a platform where we can come with our venting if we need to. We can come with our, you know, concerns and our cares and the things that are just not right in the world that don't sit well with us. And we have a system, we have a community that will support us. We have a tribe, right, that will support us in what we're trying to do. So that's how it's been for me. I see. Thanks. Thanks for that. And Speaking of the tribe, um, how many people are involved and how do they find you and where are they from and who are they? You know, who are your 
who is who's part of the tribe. Would Jane, would you like to speak to that? Yeah, we're all over the the United States. Um, we're small. We're building. We're about eight members currently. Um, we have uh, someone in nurse education. We have someone in um, uh, cancer care. And we have, they found us through, we initially did marketing through kind of the coaching networks and, and nurse coach organizations that we um, work with. We have people, you know, one woman who's particularly interested in policy, you know, who's that comes her interests and her strengths, as I mentioned in nurse education. Um, I'm all about kind of the self-reflective and the kind of the body pace embodied knowing what that looks like and, you know, what does white supremacy culture look like in your body? How do you, you know, what do you notice and look for and find and kind of starting that unpacking? And we have... Um, within our community, we have the ability, like kind of different topic heads that you can write in and speak to. So, you know, people share inspirations and posts and things that they're working on that they've made progress with. We have a focus of if you're having a challenge or you just need some support, you know, you can write in here. We have um, the option of kind of developing a peer support network if there's some particular piece of work that you're working on and you're wanting some help, some input on, you can put a request out there and people will respond and help. That sounds great. And then we have our core monthly gatherings, our healing space dialogue, where it's, you know, just very deep reflection and, and an intimate time. Mm. Does that happen over Zoom on a particular evening or day every month or does it revolve? It happens on the third Saturday in the morning. The third Saturday. Yeah in the morning. Okay. All right. And are there plans, uh, Jackie, are there plans to, well, obviously you want to expand and grow members. Would you like to become a nonprofit? Would you like to, you know, what is the, what's the bigger vision right now? Are there things floating around that people would like to do or, or, um, make happen? Actually, I think we're all silently laughing <laughs> um, because uh, really our, we would love more people to join us. Certainly. Yeah. That's why on you're our on mighty networks. Yeah. Right. Uh, and uh, I, we don't have any major visions of becoming a, a nonprofit. Um, we, I, I, I really could see us, infiltrating schools mm. um, and and sharing what this work is like to do these healing space dialogues with with um, nursing students okay uh, I can see that as a way in different organizations as well very organically I think all of us have very full um, lives and this is a real major commitment in our hearts and as Nikki had said earlier that um, we are disrupting the 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 overachiever perfectionist um, methodology for making change in the world. And I think one of the things that was really that has been a big change for me is this feeling like, I, you know, I have to do this work at this big national level. And what's really changed since being a part of this group is realizing there's plenty of work to do right in my little backyard. 
right in my own physical body, right in my own little town, and right in my own organization. And and uh, uh, that's really the place where I'm. I'm. I love walking. Mm. Hmm. So there, there's not an overarching vision in terms of creating a nonprofit. But if you start running into organizations that say, hey, could you all come present a workshop or could you come speak or would one of you be able to come and meet with um, our managers? Nikki, do you feel that it's possible that you all could could offer something like that? Is that ready to roll? Or if an organization wants to ask you for something of that sort? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And I just want to just uplift what Jackie said too. I love it. We are, we are in a place where we're not necessarily rushing towards anything. We don't, we don't feel this, this draw to be super, super big. What we, I think we feel a draw to be is super, super intentional. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's different. That's a different type of network to build. It's a different type of community you can have, you know, a Facebook community of thousands of people, all these different followers. Um, to me, I wonder sometimes, what does that mean? You know, what does that really mean, especially when it comes to work like this? But I think one thing that we have talked about, too, is we've talked about ourselves writing, uh, doing some work around writing together. Since in our Healing Space mm-hmm. Dialogues, we do writing prompts and they are just free-flowing prompts. We don't censor ourselves or anything and we've talked about the three of us coming together and putting that together and publishing that. So that's something that I am, you know, really interested in, really curious about. And I think I am open. I think we are all open to the prospect of speaking to larger audiences, uh, like Jackie said, to nursing students, which would require us to, you know, have an invitation. I think once, if that ever were to happen, we would be prepared to do that. And even more importantly, I want people to come into our network. Um, I'm okay with doing webinars. I'm okay with doing uh, trainings. I want people though to be in the network and I want them to understand what our vision is for this work. And this is again, life transforming work, which is what we're really getting at here. And that's just not for everybody, you know, and we're okay with that. You know, we're okay. That's not for everybody, but for those who do want to be a part of life transforming work, we want to create the space for them to do that. That's great. And what would you like to say about that, Jane? Yeah, I, um, Adrienne Marie Brown, and in her book, Emergent Strategy, she talks about moving from uh, movements that are a mile wide and an inch deep mm-hmm. to movements mm-hmm. that are an inch wide and a mile deep. Ooh, that's really nice. That's a great one. And her name again is? Adrienne Marie Brown. Adrienne Marie Brown. Yeah, okay. she's a writer, activist, artist. Um, so I would say our community is that we are looking um, for people who really understand that it takes community, it takes time, personal investment. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean a lot of time within the activities in the group you Mm -hmm. can take it or leave it based on how your how your life is i mean we offer the core monthly healing space dialogue every monday we put out a new prompt for reflection a piece of kind of education an article or a video or a you know a prompting thought and people engage in that as they are able as time allows it's not like you have an assignment every monday 
And I would say that um, if somebody needed us to do a presentation, invite us to do a presentation, we would be ready to go because we have done a three to four hour presentation um, unpacking racial justice. You know, we kind of, we have that format down and, and mm-hmm. with what we've been doing in the last year with Nurse Champions for Justice, um, I think we could produce that very quickly. That's great. When we come back from the break, what I want to do is talk about some of the barriers and challenges you've all experienced along the way. And I want to talk about moments that you all want to always remember, and as well as what individual nurses can do when they want to, one, confront their own stuff, right? Or when in their workplace milieus, if they're seeing things go down that they're not comfortable with and how they might take action in a small way or maybe in a much broader way. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to dig into that and a little bit more about Nurse Champions for Justice. So hang right in there with us and we'll be right back for the second half of episode 349 of The Nurse Keith Show. So now we're gonna take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember the show notes where you can learn all about Nurse Champions for Justice and our three wonderful guests are located at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 349. And we're here again with friends of the pod, Nikki Akpara, Jane Peterson, and Jackie Levin. And thank you to the three of you for for being here. And we've been talking about Nurse Champions for Justice, this whole notion of unpacking systemic racism, and also what's inside of ourselves and what we need to, to tackle in that regard. And we all know a lot has transpired in these last few years with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And it, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, unfortunately. But it's also opened up many dialogues and conversations that just have needed to happen. So 
first, um, Jackie, what barriers and challenges in the work have come up either as a group or for you personally that you feel like have needed to be brought out into the light, so to speak? Well, the it personally, it's very similar to what Jane spoke about earlier and in, in the recognition of, you know, that place of I, what, what I don't know, I don't know. And slowly mm-hmm. with, with these um, beautiful women and others, uh, beginning to address that in myself and and begin to notice in the, also in the same way as Jane of when feeling like, oh, I don't know if I'm, I, I have the knowledge or the wherewithal or to, to speak to that, to speak to that issue. And I think one of the things that really this group definitely helped with is developing the space where we can actually use our voice to speak about racism. And we can listen to people's experience of racism and we can and be in our bodies and not run away and not get defensive. And I think all of that takes skill and practice that just doesn't come naturally because it's not something that we are taught. In fact, that's that's the opposite of what we're taught. And so that that was a barrier. But, you know, fortunately, with other skills, the mindfulness, the coaching, being aware of the body can sit back and just allow, allow the moment and then doing a lot of reading and 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 learning, learning what other people's experiences have been and and beginning to live in this world in which the fabric is much deeper and richer um, from, from all the different people that I now come into contact with that I might not have beforehand. One of the things that was a barrier to this work too is, is and this is the other thing that nurse coaches for, or nurse champions for justice works with is you go to a workshop, an anti-racism workshop, and then you're all by yourself afterwards. You're home. You, you don't have a community. And uh, we know that the work of anti-racism is something that grows over time. It's not, it's not something that you can just go to a workshop and learn how to do, and then you're done. And so I think this has helped the barrier of, uh, of how do I sustain this work within myself and with my colleagues. I don't know if there's another question, but I'll let you ask another question if there was. No, that's that's perfect. Uh, Nikki, are there and is there anything you'd like to add to that? I just thought that that was a really great um, way to describe it. I think that for for me, when I think about the barriers, um, you know, I am a black woman in this space, <laughs> so that's always like a tricky place to be, and I'm one of few um, in this space currently. And so it can be difficult to know how to share because all of, you know, the processing, the information of living in this body for this whole amount of time that I've lived in it has said, you are not permitted to share. And anytime you do try to share, you're going to be censored or someone's going to tell you to be quiet about it. And that's the... (laughs) That's what comes up. And the truth of the, the, the matter is that this is how 
This happens in workplaces and spaces. I mean, even in nursing, um, for me, nursing, coming into the profession of nursing, I know other people have their, their stories, but I just feel like I have stories that were so, so pivotal to me. Like, oh my gosh, I almost left, right? I almost stopped trying to do this work of nursing because people were just so not nice. They were so unkind. And so sometimes you have these experiences and that in and of itself becomes a barrier, right? It becomes difficult to want to lean into the work, difficult to trust. Um, But like we said, we'd already had this relationship. And so that helped a lot too, that we had a relationship before we started uh, Nurse Champions for Justice. And it was Nurse Coaches for Justice because we are all coaches and I'm not a nurse coach, but I am a coach. I'm a wellness coach. And so we were doing this work as coaches. And I think that that's really, really important. And I feel like it's so, so important to have the mindfulness piece. Like you cannot do anti-racism work without mindfulness. And so I know I went around about a little bit, but that's kind of my biggest takeaway. Um, It's just, you have to have the embodiment of this. It is a connection that you have to create. It is very personal, like we've all said. And then it's very you know, institutional and structural and it it has to reflect outwards as well. And so that's part of, you know, where we've been in this process. Yeah. Thank you. And Jane, hopping on that, Nikki mentioned stories, you know, things that have happened, et cetera. And in, in this last year and more that you all have been working together, um, what's a moment that you want to always remember something that really stays with you? I have two moments to share, but one moment in one of our healing space dialogues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the writing, the writing prompt was, what have white people lost from white supremacy culture? And as we were kind of mm-hmm. le- leaning up to getting to that prompt and talking. Um, and I think actually that month Nikki was sharing and she was, had presented some conversations around kind of the changing in pop culture and more people of color showing up in movies and television shows and things like that. And she said something to the effect of, um, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what you think. I have no idea what white people think. I have no idea what you think. I have no I have no framework. I have no concept. I don't know what's going on inside, not me specifically, but inside your head. I don't know what you think. And she had, um, she had prefaced a trailer of um, a horror genre show called Them. Uh, I can't think of what station it's on. Mm-hmm. But just in watching the trailer, um, in the prompt, when we were writing on the prompt, what has white supremacy culture lost? I just like became overtaken with kind of the white woman evil character in the show. And just at my core, it came down to this sense of that, that what I've lost or what white supremacy culture has taught me is that I won't have belonging and I can't have joy if I'm not um, putting, if I'm not one-upping someone else that like there's the only way I can belong to my tribe is by alienating and othering and putting down everyone else. And it was so like in my whole body, how I sort of just became Betty Hmm. Um, and, and like 
then Nikki's response from my sharing was like, wow, you know, yeah. it just, it became so clear. But yeah. I remember, especially, I don't know what's in your head. I have right. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, is that a moment that stands out for you too? I remember that so yeah. well. I do. It does stand out to me. And, you know, as Jane was sharing, I remember, you know, there's so much emotion and that's something too that white supremacy culture teaches us we cannot have is emotion, but it's mm-hmm. everywhere, right? And so, and I literally remember just being like almost frustrated with like, what is going on in this woman's mind? Like, why in the world is she being so evil? And when Jane was responding, you know, to that, she's like, yeah, oh, I can completely understand. I'm like, well, tell me, help hmm. me understand what's going on. But that's the thing. Those are the necessary pieces, you know, Keith, that people don't have conversation around. Like, how often can you sit down? How often can a brown body person sit down with a white body person and say, what in the world (laughs) were you thinking when you when this happened or this happened? You have to have trust to do that. And you have to create what I feel like we are creating in our community, which is healing. We are centered on healing. And that is the difference in the work, even in nursing right now, in medicine and in healthcare, very little of what we do is geared Mm -hmm. towards healing. Am I wrong about that? So much is about treatment. We'll get you almost better. We'll keep you from being disabled for this amount of time. But what are we offering people around healing? And to me, that's the work of coaching. That's the work Mm -hmm. of nursing. Um, That's the art of what we're trying to do. And so we as this small you know, community that's a mile deep and an inch wide are really offering something so sustainable, so nourishing, right? This is soul work and it's nourishing kind of work that we're doing. So when we emerge from a healing space dialogue, and we've talked about that before too, the, um, the butterfly and the cocoon, we've talked about that. But when we emerge from this work, we, we come out different than when we walked into it. Um, I would say with every healing space dialogue, that has been my, um, my impression. Sad. And Jackie, you know, if an organization realizes that there's something going on and they, they need to do something, where What's the, where's the first place they look? And we'll talk about individuals in a minute, but where does an organization head if, if they, somebody brings it up and there's the will exists to do something about systemic racism? Yeah, I am fortunate to be in an incredible small critical access hospital in Port Townsend, Jefferson Healthcare. And uh, a couple years ago, uh, we we committed ourselves to a two year project with the Institute of Healthcare Improvement, and they have twenty healthcare oh. organizations, small and large, across the country, and we are working together. Every month, our there's there's about ten of us from our organization who are part of this team. We attend a uh, anti racism health equity uh, talk by the by the coaches in that organization. And we, every quarter, there's a two-day project program that we attend and we work as a team. And uh, because of my role as patient advocate, and I also chair our, our LGBTQ task force, that, uh, that people, now that we've been doing this now a year, it's been a year, we started last October, 
I am now getting phone calls from staff who are saying, I overheard a conversation that felt very uncomfortable to me. Uh, 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 maybe it was a mm. anti, it was a racist kind of comment. It might have been anti uh, Native American. Could have been whatever it was. Could have could have been uh, fat phobia. Could have been anything. So, but they're but they know that I'm in this work, and they come to me, and then I can bring this back to this group, and I can also give them tell them some ways that they can change. They, how they can respond to those kinds of moments. Um, again, as as Nikki said, the idea is that this is a healing process, not a um, you know tearing somebody else apart process. And and with the organizational level, we we do have the will. And I think it's I can really feel like the first several months I was so frustrated, just feel like it was so slow, like we weren't going anywhere and. You know, I was the only one who was saying white supremacy culture, and 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 now it just feels like it, it does take time, and you get over a hump, and now the conversations are deeper, and they're more real, and people are willing to reflect inward rather than just try to go. Okay, what project are we going to work on? What data are we going to collect? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's it's it, it, and I would say if they want to do it, they should hire an outside expert. <laughs> Yeah. To lead them through it. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had one of those outside experts on the show, Milagros Phillips, who does this sort of work with healthcare organizations. And, um, you know, Jackie, you mentioned a nurse who came to you or an employee who came to you said, I overheard a conversation that was very uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with that. So one of my questions was, and Nikki I'll address this to you, you know, it's what can a nurse do or a social worker or a chaplain or a physical therapist or a a unit clerk or whatever, if they note that some form of racism, bias, whatever, is manifesting in some way in their place of employment, do you... There's a lot of risk in bringing that up to the powers that be. So where does that person begin? (laughs) Do they come to Nurse Champions for Justice and say, hey, I noticed something at work. How do I approach this? What What do you advise people when they know something's going on? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And I'll tell you. There are many different answers, I think, to that question. I definitely, yeah, there's there's almost infinite. But I definitely think our kind of community, the Nurse Champions for Justice, we can support people in that. We can offer our thoughts, our wisdom. We can share, you know, resources um, and even experiences that we've had. And sometimes that's enough for people to have. And sometimes it's not enough. So it's also a really individual kind of a thing, too, where who is it that's sharing? What do they, how do they present? What do they look like? Because all of this stuff matters. And when we talk about risk, the risk is almost always going to be higher for a person of color to share this, right? Yes, so that's, absolutely that's right. the hardest part is, and, and most of the times the person that is the recipient or the victim of these types of acts is the person who is at the highest risk once they try to share it. So I am very careful and mindful of that because I know in organizations before that I've tried to say things and I literally have been shut down, right? And when that happens, you don't want to do that again 
for not no not even fear of retaliation so much as just that feeling that you get of I really don't feel welcome. That's the first, you know, feeling where I don't feel like what I have to say is important or valuable enough. However, if you do have someone who is in a position where they are like, this is something that I need to say something about, then working inside of the organization to do so. So speaking with, I mean, there's different things. And I love for Jackie and Jane to sort of share too, speaking to a colleague first about it. Like, can I get your idea? Can I get a thought? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, The best thing, of course, to me is bringing it to the attention of a superior or someone who can actually take that information and move it forward. And in every organization, it's going to be different. You know, we are now starting to see more like racial affinity groups and organizations and we're starting to see more support, but historically that has not been there. So the historic pathway has been HR, which when we really think about it, how effective are they, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a deeper question because we don't yet quite have systems in place that can necessarily address this. The good news is, like you said, before we're going towards that, we're moving in that direction. So I definitely think if you see something, say something. If you're in a position where you don't feel like your job is going to be completely at risk, if you have someone that can operate as an ally or a co-conspirator, as I like to call them, um, Hmm. I highly encourage our white body, you know, nurses to be allies and to be co-conspirators. Okay. Because it's a different ball game. It's not the same risk. You know, we're not going out with the same risk. And so those are the ways that I feel like you can support your black and brown nurses is to stand up and to say something and to highlight not only the things that are negative that are occurring, I'll say that, but also highlight the positives that you're seeing with your black and brown peers, because sometimes we don't think about that either. Maybe your peers are saying something, right? And it's not being echoed enough. And you you bring that and you echo what you've um, what you've heard. And so there's I think there are many different ways and I, I'd love to hear what others have to say, you know, about this. Um, but that's just my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And Jane, how would you reflect on that? How would you expand upon that? Yeah. Well, I, it, I bring it down for me back down to the personal that somehow in the last couple mm-hmm. of years of the work, it's made me, I think, a safer presence in the workplace. So um, wow. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not out, out there in the workplace advocating and championing and speaking all the time, but people in my colleagues know that I'm deeply interested in, in, in racial justice and social justice and that, you know, I participate in different um, reflective groups and readings and learnings and ongoing study. And it has changed. I mean, I have um, a couple particular uh, patients that I work with in my primary care job who are Native American. And I've had, you know, they've initiated some pretty good conversations about the effect of racism on their health care. And it was just interesting with with one particularly, um, she had a, a moment where she didn't feel validated and heard by her primary care fra- practitioner. And she shared that with me. And for the grace of God, I think I was able to just listen. I mean, there was that part of me that kind of was drawn into wanting to negate her experience a little bit because I know the practitioner and I think, oh, they didn't mean that, you know, you know, I'm thinking, but I just, I, from this work, 
I was able to really be a listening presence. And then unbeknownst to, to me or any word from me, about a week later, the practitioner came up and talked with me about an, you know, how this conversation had flowed and she'd gotten feedback from, from the patient about how she felt not heard. And they came to a, a, a good reconciliation place. But then she came and just sat for 20 minutes and shared that with me. And, you know, I, I don't feel like I've carved out a specific come and talk to me if you have, if you noticing things or sharing things or you have concerns, but I, I have become a space in both the patient side and the provider side. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. And it's from doing this work mm -hmm. that's allowed me to, to be a listening presence. Yeah. And as we wind down here, I just want to ask each of you a question and um, Jackie, we can start with you. So what's one hope that you hold on to when it comes to the nature of this work? It could be for yourself, for the world, for the place you work. What's something you, you really like, really kind of keeps you going, so to speak? Uh, I'd say love. Love is what keeps me going. Uh, I, I, uh, and I, I really do have a lot of hope for change and I see a lot of people doing work, uh, deep work and transformational work. And I think what is the, what is the message that is moving forward is um, love. And I don't mean sappy love. I don't mean, I, I mean that fierce love, that love of, you know, why you really do something, why you really, really won't let something go is, is that, that deep core uh, connection. Thank you. Thank you. And Nikki, how about you? What's one of the things that gets you out of bed every morning to, to bring you to the place of being like, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny. I'm echoing you, Jackie. You reminded me of a, and I don't have the book here with me, but there was something about public love, right? Which sounds so much like what you're saying, not the sappy kind, public love. And then Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a book about strength to love as well. And it really is what moves me because I believe that we have the strength. I believe that we have the capacity. And I think that's what we all really want at the end of the day. I think if we were to look inside of our hearts, I think we all want to belong. We all want to feel loved and supported and we can do that. It's not impossible. And the message that I would leave with folks is for those of us that think that this work is too daunting and too big and too much, and too hard, just remember that we all are striving towards love and love is not too hard, right? We all want that. And so just know that there are some really fundamental things about the work that we're doing that if we shift the dial, keep turning and moving and we will, we will get there. We just have to keep moving that dial forward. Great. Great. Thanks. And Jane, how about you? Oh, what, what gets me up every morning and keeps me hopeful is that I just absolutely, absolutely believe that change is possible at, at, at any age or at any, you know, stage of illness. It, I mean, 
miracles happen. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. there's just so much going on that uh, our small minds, small parts can't really get a part of. But I think um, in uh, the phrase, I think a lot of times people who are maybe older, just leave it to the young people or changes and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And um, there was a phrase in the, the latest book out by Tarana Burke and um, Brene Brown, but the phrase in there was, it was about the church and shame and, and um, you know, older people saying, well, that's for you young folks. And, and the woman's response back was, oh no, when Nana gets free, we all get free, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And That's I just, good. I just think about my three grandsons and, you know, hope for the future, but you know, all change sure. starts with me and, and I see more and more people getting on the bandwagon and, and, mm-hmm. and doing some self-reflection and really deeply thinking. That's wonderful. I feel hopeful. I do too. Yeah. And people can find Nurse Champions for Justice at nurse-champions-for-justice.mn.co. Right. Yes. And are there any social channels where people can find you right now? Yes. We are also on LinkedIn as Nurse Champions mm-hmm. for Justice. We Excellent. wanted to create a place that was a little different than Facebook, a little bit more professional. So you can also find us there and you can email us as well at nursecoachesforjustice at gmail.com. Great. And Nikki, your website is? My website is www.diversityandinclusioncoach.com. Great. And you're on LinkedIn. I'm on every platform. You're on everything. Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes. And Jackie, I know you're at leadingedgenursing.com and you're also on LinkedIn, right? And Jane, if someone wants to find you, where would they find you? At www.nursecoachjane, that's J-A-Y-N-E. Great, great. We'll have links to everything in the show notes. And we I encourage people to check out Nurse Champions for Justice, consider getting in touch. And if people want to attend your monthly dialogues, they can do so, right? If they get in touch. They have, they have to become a member. They have to become a member. Okay. And then they can they can come to one of those meetings every month, third Saturday of every month. That's great. So people need a place to come, a safe space, and you've all created it. And I really appreciate y'all being here. And we'll have you back in 2022 to talk about, you know, as your work deepens and we'll we'll celebrate your second anniversary and see what's what's going on at that point. Beautiful. So thank you all for being here and thanks so much for gracing the airwaves. Yay. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this wonderful episode of the Nurse Keith Show. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 349. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode to take action in your own life or your professional career or on the levels of which we were discussing today in your workplace. And if you need personalized holistic career coaching, look no further than nursekeith.com. Remember, mention Nurse Champions for Justice. You can get 15% off your first coaching package. And if you would please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash nursekeith, I would really appreciate it. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. 
And we are adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Cappy Spiesen is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. Jackie Levin saying goodbye from Port Townsend, Washington. And Jane Peterson from from Kingston, Washington. Kingston, Washington. And the wonderful Nikki Akpara. From Baltimore, Maryland. From Baltimore, Maryland. Jane, Jackie, Nikki, thank you so much. And we will catch everybody on the flip side. 